0: Good morning. Thank you, Sally and Roger, for leading us uh, this morning. And no, I do not have crochet on my uh, coffee table at home at all. There's other stuff dumped on it, but not crocheting. Uh, It's quite interesting on a day where I'm speaking on hearing the voice of God. My voice itself is struggling this morning with a cough, but we'll get through it, I'm sure. Because one of the things I am blessed with and at the same time not blessed with, is a loud voice, or as Jem calls it, a boomy voice. I've always been a bit like that, I'm able to project my voice. When I was training for ministry, we had uh, a whole sort of season on voice projection, that somebody would come in and getting us to project our voices, and just allowing a microphone to amplify what was there, but not there this morning. Before I went for ministry, I used to be in a, a marching band, and I was lead tip or lead drummer, and you'd have to turn around and, and shout to the rest of the band what the next tune that you were playing was going to be. So I've always been able to have this loud voice. My nan, who was pretty deaf for the last 10 years of her life or so, she, she would say, I can always hear you. I never understood whether that was a compliment, or whether she was saying, I can always hear you, and sometimes I wish I didn't. While I felt it was a blessing to her, it's not always a blessing to my wife. We could be having a conversation, and she'll say to me, Wayne, I'm sat right next to you. You don't need to use your preaching voice here today. We're just in the living room having a conversation. Or if we're out for a meal or something, the whole restaurant doesn't need to hear what you're trying to say. When she asks me to call the kids down for dinner, I usually just holler, kids, from wherever I am in the house. Where Gem says, what I meant is, go and get the kids and tell them, as opposed to just hollering from wherever you are. Even though I've got a nice loud voice, one of the things I'm not very good at is listening to a whisper. And I don't mean the chocolate bar, although they are nice. I mean listening when somebody's whispering something. If Jem ever whisper you know those moments where you need to whisper and you don't want whoever is around you to hear, especially if you've got young children or grandchildren, you don't want them to hear what it is you're saying, I can never understand what she's saying. She ends up just saying, oh, forget it, it doesn't matter, I'll tell you later. Maybe you're like me and you've asked someone a couple of times to repeat themselves because you quite can't hear what they're saying. And after a while you feel, well, I've gone beyond that social decorum where I can keep asking now, what it is that they're saying, so you just say, yeah, that, that's fine, and hope that's the right response to whatever it is that they're saying to you. <coughs> We've walked away from a conversation with someone and I've then said something like, what, what were they saying? And James says, I knew you didn't hear what they were talking to you about by the answers that you were giving. But we all do it, don't we? It can be hard to hear whispers. It was harder wasn't it during COVID when we were wearing masks but even without masks sometimes we don't hear people uh, because maybe they're talking quietly or they're whispering uh, to us. We've all played those games I'm sure uh, when we're children and, and you're in a big long big long circle you're in a big circle and Somebody whispers something to the first person and they pass it down the line and you have to repeat at the end what they said. And Nine times out of ten, it is completely different to what was started. Maybe we've all watched those films or programs where the accent is difficult for us to understand or the way it's been recorded means it's, it's really hard to hear. When I moved to Upminster back in 2001, my, my Welsh accent was a, a lot stronger then. I've kind of, it's been Essex and Portsmouth-fied over the years, but it was strong then, and the senior minister said to me after a few weeks, Wayne, I've been asked to ask you, could you slow down when you're speaking, because people can't hear you because of your accent. And we've got to tune in to what people are saying to us. But then, let's be honest, there are times when we don't hear people simply because we're not listening. Hands up if you've never done that. Oh, no, okay. We're distracted. I was at a training course on Wednesday with Roger and Gary and Fiona about becoming a mental health first aider. And we were asked to watch a video and just make a note on our piece of paper in front of us how many times our minds wandered. How many times we were distracted. Now, we were in tune to trying to not be distracted. So maybe the marks that we put down on our pieces of paper weren't as many as they should have been. Just to let you know, Fiona had something like 18 times she was distracted. I thought I had a lot with six. But, you know, so whenever you're speaking to Fiona, just make sure she's looking at you and she's listening to you. Gary had quite a lot as well. Roger only had two, I think, if that. The sermon this morning is titled, Whisper. And we're saying this in in relation to how we hear from God. We're calling it Whisper because God rarely shouts. He often whispers to us in our hearts. But as we start, let me simply ask you a question. Do you want to hear from God? Because once we hear from God, that means nothing if we don't obey him. You see, we can say we aren't hearing from God when actually, more accurately, it means we don't like what he's saying. Parents often say to their kids, no, you're not listening to me because they're completely ignoring what is being said to them. And God speaks words of comfort, he speaks encouragement, he speaks blessing, he speaks power, and he speaks direction. But do we receive and follow what he says? I've heard people say to me, they don't ask God to speak because they're afraid of what he's going to say. Which is a strange thing, really, because if you're thinking that anyway, that surely means that God is whispering to your heart about something because you know what the answer is. And it's an important question to ask, do we want to hear from God? Because what we're saying is, do we want to hear from God or are we comfortable in our walk with God and where it's trending along at this present time. The reality is, if if that's where we are, when we we don't ask him, we don't want to hear anything else from God. In one sense, that's okay. But the sad thing is, we miss out because God's always got more that He wants to say to us. And today, I want us to think about how God whispers to us. And in relation to that, what is it that stops us hearing from God or what gets in the way to us hearing from God? And Sally was alluding to some of that as she was leading us this morning. But you see, God is a God who speaks. He did it right at the beginning of the world when he said, let there be light. He, he, he spoke and the world came into being. And God has been speaking ever since. And probably the main reason we don't hear from God is because we're not listening. And we're not listening because there are other things that are distracting us, that are stopping us from listening to God. And as we unpack this, let's read a passage from the Bible that talks about God's whispers. It's in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings where we we read about an account of Elijah who's run away because Jezebel was trying to kill him. Elijah's had a bit of a, a breakdown and, and he sleeps and he complains that his life is so bad that he, he wants to die and, and God in his faithfulness gives him rest and, uh, and he encourages him to get up and to continue his journey. And so when he finally uh, gets to Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai, depending on which translation you're reading, God gets, gets him uh, to go out of a cave and stand on the mountain. And this is where we pick up the biblical account in 1 Kings 19. We read, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by with a, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. Now that's one heck of a windstorm. You know, it's not just the trees that were blown over. It's not just a hat blew off and my hair got messed up the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord, we read, was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah heard the gentle whisper and he knew it was the voice of God. And today as we think about this idea of God speaking to us through a whisper, I want us to think about what we need to do to hear the whispers of God in the first place. By asking, what is the loudest voice in your life? Sally couldn't hear her television program because Roger was making too much noise in the kitchen. Uh, Annie was watching something on her Some rubbish probably on her her phone. All of this was going on, and she was disturbed and couldn't hear what was. I'm intrigued what you were watching, but she couldn't hear what was going on. You cannot hear a whisper if there's a lot of noise around you. That's why when we're listening to directions, especially if we get to a place, a town or a city that we're unfamiliar with, it's not the directions that say stay on this road for 50 miles, it's the directions where it's turn left, turn right, third, at the roundabout, all of those kind of directions. We often tell everybody in the car to be quiet. We turn the radio off because we can't hear ourselves think about what we need to do. We find it difficult to listen to lots of competing noises at the same time. I've gone to speak, in the 20 odd years of ministry, I've seen people pastorally, and and you go and see them, and they make your cup of tea, but they leave the television on. And the television is on, not just on, but at one of those levels, and it's really, really loud, that I think, why do we all have a TV license? Because we could all hear this television, no matter where we are in the world. And, and so the... the the hour or so that you're with them, they never once turn the telly down. I've been in in some houses and in the end I've turned and said, do you mind turning the telly off? Because I can't can't hear anything. Or you're in a room and there's lots of different conversations going on, it's hard to concentrate on the one that you're having and it's not simply because you're eavesdropping on the conversations that are going on around you or is it just me that does that? (laughs) why kids ignore you when you talk to them and they're playing a game on their phone. I came in the other day and I said hello to the family and Jem said hello and Kezia said hello and Ruben just completely ignored me because he was playing something on his phone. And I just, sat, I just stood there in front of him for you know, ten seconds or so until he kind of looked up and saw I was there and thought, oh, oh, oh hello, but carried on again. Speak to a newsreader. One of the most important skills they need to master is speaking to camera when there's voices going on in their earpiece. I was sharing with someone once that there have been a handful of times when in my life I have clearly heard God speak. I don't mean audibly to me about something, but it's a hearing in the heart, but it's been quite a loud hearing in the heart. It's been a clear and supernaturally powerful hearing of God. One was my baptism and another was when I went to train for Christian ministry. But most of the times when I've heard from God, it's been in those whispers. Or in the, the gentle feeling that this is God and as you step out in faith, God whispers the next step to you and so on. And when I say whispers, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not meaning audible whispers. Although God could do that if you chose to. But it's that gentle whisper where you just know it's God. What's that old chorus that we used to sing, um, Like a Gentle Breeze? Have you ever sung that one? Or was it just we used to sing it in Wales? I used to sing it growing up in Christian Endeavour. And it was just like a gentle breeze that the Spirit is speaking and whispering to your heart. But you just know it's God, you're, you're hearing in your heart, you're, you're having a sense of clarity. Some have used the phrase, you know in your knowing. Have you heard that phrase before? No, no, yeah, some of you have. Sorry if it's lots of, this is just a Welsh thing, I don't think it is. But you just know in your knowing. You, you, God is speaking to you, you know it in your gut. It's that holy hunch that you hear God speaking to you. You see, I say all of that because I think we mystify the whole area of God speaking to us. And yet, it's often in the orderliness of life that we hear God. That's why it's a whisper. And to hear a whisper, we need to be willing to listen. And this means identifying what are the the loudest voices in your life and then being willing to turn them down. Turn them down. God knew that Elijah expected to hear him in the loud and the powerful things, like the thunderstorm or the earthquake or the fire. But God wanted to get those out of the way of Elijah, to allow Elijah to come close enough. We really came out of the cave to come close enough that he could hear the whisper. You know, I think the passing of the windstorm, the earthquake and the fire was God's way of saying to us, we need to remove those loudest things from our lives so we can hear him whisper. And what are the things that get in our way of hearing God? If you look at, if you read the Bible and look at some of the biblical characters and the loudest, we see the loudest voices in their lives. Let me just read a list of them to us. For David, it was the lust for Bathsheba. It stopped him hearing God where he should have been out on battle. And when he, he heard the loudest voice of lust for Bathsheba, his life spiraled out of control because he listened to that and not the voice of God. Pilate, he listened to the crowd. That was the loudest voice that he was listening to. He wanted to please the people. He wanted them on his side. He listened to them, and it had a huge impact upon him, for he wanted their support, and so he gave in to their needs as opposed to what he knew was right. He listened to, to those competing voices around him instead of the whisper of God. Moses, he listened to the voice of insecurity. He asked God to to choose someone else. He listened to his weaknesses instead of the whisper of God. For Peter, it was fear. He denied Jesus three times because he was afraid of what would happen if he said he knew Jesus. Maybe we can all relate to listening to a loud voice of fear. It's an interesting one, fear, isn't it? It can be a good thing. Don't jump in that tank full of sharks. That's a good thing to listen to. Don't do that when you're scared of sharks. But also it can stop us hearing what God is saying. I want you to step out of that boat and walk on water. I want you to step into that new area of life. I want you to step out and have a conversation with that person about your love for me. And fear just stops us. The disciples, they listen to lots of different voices. They listen to comparison and pride. There's a conversation isn't there it, isn't it, in the Gospels where they're asking Jesus, who is the greatest disciple? They were listening to their own egos instead of the whisper of God. The Pharisees, they listened to the voice of tradition. The voice of keeping their laws that went back many generations that stopped them seeing Jesus. And it was also the voice of pride and control because they loved to be in charge. And it stopped them seeing Jesus as he truly is and stopped them hearing the whisper of God. The older brother in the prodigal story, in the, son of the, the account of the prodigal son, had a loud voice of jealousy when his younger brother came back and he saw that his younger brother's got this party and the cloak and the ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and he's completely forgiven and the elder brother's like, I'm not going in there. He's listening to the voice of jealousy. He also had a voice of anger because a voice of feeling sorry for himself. And it stopped him hearing the whispers of God. He could have gone into that party and everybody could have seen a family united. And yet they saw a family divided because he didn't hear the whisper of God. Go through many accounts in the Bible and you will see what the loudest voices were. In the Old Testament, right at the beginning, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit that God told them not to, the loudest voices God came looking for them was shame. Because they knew they'd done something wrong. The Israelites who had periods of great faith in God, but then massive lapses of faith. In those times, the loudest voices in their lives were self-pity and fear and gratefulness, selfish desires and so on. And in contrast, the loudest voice in the life of Abraham was complete love and trust. It was complete faithfulness. In the life of Job, the loudest voice was also trusting God and a belief that even though life was awful, God would not leave him. Daniel in the lion's den could have allowed the voice of fear and impending doom to be his loudest voice, but instead he chose belief and trust in the supernatural ability of God to do the miraculous and to stop the lions eating him for supper. Jesus' mother, Mary, allowed an acceptance, the voice of acceptance, the voice of the love of God that would see him do the impossible. She allowed those things to be the loudest voice in her life, even though it may have lost her, the relationship with her fiancé. Friends, as you read of biblical characters and accounts, ask yourself as you're reading them, what's the loudest voice that they are listening to? Is it the things that are around them, the negative things in the world, or is it the voice of God? I was reading Mark's Gospel in the New Testament recently. I was struck by something in the story. Let me just read to you some words from Mark chapter 8. During those days, another massive crowd gathered to hear Jesus. And again, there was no food and the people were hungry. So Jesus called his disciples to come near him and said to them, My heart goes out to this crowd, for they've already been here with me for three days with nothing to eat. I'm concerned that if I send them home hungry, some may faint along the way, for many have come a long, long way just to be with me. His disciples replied, But could anyone possibly get enough food to satisfy a crowd this size out here in the isolated place? That's the feeding of the 4,000. That's where, if you read on, that's what happens. That's in Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus feeds 5,000 men with five loaves and two fish. Here, two chapters later, they have seven loaves and a little bit of fish. And yet the disciples, even though they have seen Jesus do this amazing miracle of feeding five thousand men, but we're told that's just men. It says there would have been women and children. So you're looking at fifteen to twenty thousand people. They have seen and experienced Jesus feed maybe twenty thousand people with five loaves and two fish. A few a few a little bit while later. They've got less people, but more food. And they say to Jesus, how's this going to work out then? It 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 beggars belief. But don't we do exactly the same? When we see God speak, when we see God do something in our lives that's absolutely amazing, and even a short time later we find ourselves in a similar situation. We throw our hands in the say well, how's this going to work out then? Because we're listening to the voice of fear, the voice of Insecurity, the voice of uh, human understanding and reasoning, and not uh, the voice uh, of God. Surely we can read these passages, and we could imagine if we were there, we would saying, "Go on, Jesus, do it again. Do it again." You know, a, a sauce to go with the fish and bread would be nice as well. If you can, you can muster that. And maybe a dessert would be nice as well. I love a trifle. Could you have one of those things as well? You'd imagine that they would be on a high, wouldn't you? That they would be all excited that Jesus can do all of these amazing things. Yet there's none of that in this story. What we see in the story is them just falling back into listening to the loudest voices in their life and not the whisper of what God can do. But it doesn't end there, because if you read on in that passage where they've 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 um, they've, once they've fed the four thousand, Jesus has done the miracle and his seven baskets of leftovers and and all of that kind of stuff. They then sail away a little bit, and where they they go to another place, and the Pharisees are there, and they start questioning Jesus, and they come on Jesus, going, "If you 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 are who you say you are, do another miracle," and expecting him to be a bit like a performing puppet. Jesus has enough of that, until so they sail elsewhere. And we can read in that John chapter, uh, Mark chapter eight, the disciples start arguing amongst themselves. They're saying they've got nothing to eat. They've got no bread. They have got one loaf of bread. So not only do they say they've got nothing, to eat, they lie that they've got a loaf of bread. So just put yourself in that situation. You've seen Jesus feed fifteen to twenty thousand people with five loaves and two fish. You've seen him feed at least 4,000, but there would have been family and that there as well. So maybe say 12,000 people with seven loaves and a few fish. And then literally, the very next moment, there's a handful of you and you've got one loaf of bread and they're complaining that they've got nothing to eat. Can you see the irony in it? Can you see the voices that they are listening to and not the voices of Jesus? When Jesus sees all these people, the voice that he instantly has is compassion. Because they, they, they're hungry, they're exhausted. I can't send them away, I need to feed them. All the disciples see the voice of, yeah, but I don't want to give what we've got away to them. I want that for myself. It's a voice of self-preservation. And also then, when they're in this boat and they've got one loaf of bread and they're complaining they've got nothing to eat, there's a voice of selfishness they don't want to share one loaf. There's a a voice of uh, unbelief that they don't believe Jesus can do it. There's a voice of fear, what's going to happen to us. There's a voice of, you're not having a break because I'm better. I'm having a bigger bit of cake than you are. All of that is going on because when all of that's going on and they're not listening and they're just listening to the loudest voices that are around them, it means they cannot hear uh, the whisper of God. But friends, don't we do exactly the same. I'd like to think if I had five loaves and two fish here this morning or maybe that's not what we want on a Sunday morning at 5 to 11 we don't want fish and bread okay if I had one box one packet of really nice biscuits you know really nice biscuits but there's only six in there I'd like to think that if Jesus did a miracle, and those six biscuits turned into a hundred biscuits, we could have more than one each. If I was here next week, and I only had six biscuits, I'd like to think, yeah, but Jesus did it last week, so you will do it again. But the reality is, I'd have a, a voice of unbelief all over again. Because there are times in my life where I've seen... Jesus do amazing, amazing things. I've been, when I was in a, in a Christian band, we've been driving to a gig and the car that we've been in has completely packed out and broken down. We got out on the hard shoulder on the M4, we all laid hands on this car and we prayed that this car would start again so that we could move on our way. We got back in the car, we turned the key, it started and we got to the concert. I've been in cars since then countless times will be broken down. I've never believed that God would do it again. Because I'm listening to a voice of unbelief. I'm listening to those loudest voices of doubt. That's a huge one. We listen to a voice of doubt that God's not going to be able to do this. And, and allow those voices to crowd in, to to, to to just muffle, to quash the whisper that God wants to speak to me. And to hear God's whispers, we need to turn those loud voices down and sometimes get rid of them all together. You see, friends, here is a wonderful truth. God is not some distant supreme being that is disconnected from our lives. God is love and he communicates. It, it, he makes himself known. Friends, the question is not, does God speak? The question is, can you hear it? Can you hear the whisper of God? What are the loudest voices in your life when all you can hear is the storm and you can't hear the whisper? When all you can hear are the loud voices of it's not fair, you can't hear the whisper of God's compassion. When all you hear is reject- rejection do you hear the whisper of God telling you that he accepts you? When all you hear is what life was like in the past, do you miss the whispers of God for your life in the present? When you hear the voice of failure for past mistakes, you fail to hear the whisper of forgiveness from God. Where do you need to dial down these loud voices in your life so you can hear the whisper of God? And friends, as we come to a close, if you want to hear God speaking to you, you need to position yourself so that you're ready to hear his whisper. Elijah, God told Elijah to go to a place where he was going to hear from him, to, to come out of the cave. You see, friends, the thing about a whisper is to hear it, you've got to be close. If you're far away, you, you can't hear when somebody is whispering to you. To hear a whisper, you need to, need to move in so you can hear what God is saying to you. The problem is, that as human beings, we find it all too easy to, to move away from God. We find it difficult to sustain the closeness because we allow other things in our lives to speak and to grab our attention. You know, there's a saying that says, <clears throat> if the devil can isolate you, he can influence you. And we need to be aware of this, because it can be a loud voice. You don't need to pray today. You don't need to read your Bible. You know it all. Look at what's happening in your life. Surely God has left you. It goes back to the Garden of Eden where we can too be fooled today. But the enemy says, did God really say that? That's not really a sin because you enjoy it so much. And over time, one step at a time, the devil isolates us from God and it's then that he influences us. As we stop hearing God whisper to us because we're not close enough to him. sometimes, as Sally shared and we sung we need to stop we need to be still I remember saying this to somebody a little while ago in another church about being still so God can hear us and the person replied oh God doesn't speak to me that way God speaks to me when I'm doing and I said yes he does You can do. But God also commands us. It's not not an invitation, it's a command uh, to be still. Friends, don't miss what God whispers to you, all because you had ants in your pants. Have moments where you choose to be still, to dial down those loud voices, to open your mind, to open your heart, why to hear the whisper of God. Class, could you just close your eyes a moment? Let's just be still. <clears throat> Let's be still and allow God to whisper to us, to our to our hearts. And to our minds, as Rogers and Sally are playing, just, just ask God, what are those voices that you need to turn down? Where do you need to draw closer to God to hear Him whispering to you? Just allow Him to, to turn that voice down. To get close to him, to hear his whisper. Because friends, we all need to hear the whispers of God. As we encourage each other in living that way. So as we close, we're going to sing, Turn our eyes upon Jesus. And that's what we need to do. We need to turn our eyes away from those loud voices and turn them towards Jesus we just hear what he's saying. Master, speak. Master, whisper to us today. Because we're ready to hear from you. Let's sing this together. hear you more and obey you more. Your word says your sheep know your voice and we will not follow the voice of a stranger. Help us to know your voice and not be deceived by any other voice. Help us to turn down the loud voices in our lives that are not you. And as you whisper may we hear you in our hearts may we know your blessings through you as Father, Son and Holy Spirit Amen Amen. shall we say the words of this together as we close (laughs) Jesus to you we lift our eyes Jesus our glory and our price we adore you, behold you our Saviour ever Ever true. true. Oh Oh Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. Blessed.